To learn from Jesus, we must follow him. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. To find our purpose, we must follow him. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I came that they may have a life and have it abundantly. At Mansfield Bible Church, we believe by following Jesus, we learn to live a life of purpose. What does a follower of Jesus believe? What does a follower of Jesus do? At NBC, we use three key words to describe what a follower of Jesus believes and how those beliefs affect the way we live. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. It is impossible to follow Jesus without abiding in him. A follower of Jesus understands that apart from Jesus, they can do nothing. So a Jesus follower believes they must remain in Jesus. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. God designed the church as one body with many members. A Jesus follower is never on a solo mission, but rather is someone who belongs to the people of God called the church, growing in their faith and in community with other Jesus followers. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. A Jesus follower cannot hide their faith but are compelled to share it with others. Jesus uses his followers to impact the world around them as they live out the gospel in their daily lives. Our God is relational and has made us for relationships as well. It's no coincidence that these three key words are all based around relationships as well. Our relationship with God, abide. Our relationship with other Jesus followers, belong. Our relationship with the world, impact. Developing healthy relationships requires time. How we choose to focus our time and what we do to grow those relationships is important. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. A follower is intentionally pursuing God, setting aside time each day for prayer, Bible reading, and Bible study. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. A Jesus follower is passionate about belonging to the body of Christ. They are committed to growing in Christ through accountability and service within a community of Jesus followers. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. God has richly poured his blessings out on the follower of Jesus through the gospel. In response to God's love and blessings, we in return bless other people by using our spiritual gifts, talents, skills, and resources to make an impact on other people. To have a life of purpose, you must be focused on following Jesus. We encourage you to take the steps as you follow Jesus. As you begin to focus your life on following Jesus, giving Him the best of your time, we believe you will begin to grow in your faith to abide and depend on God, grow in a deep belonging to a community of God's people, grow in your desire to see God use you to impact other people through your life. This is a Jesus follower. Good morning, church. I know we've been watching that video and I hope by now you've learned to remember those three words about being a follower of Jesus, to abide, to belong, and to impact. We've been making such an emphasis of that so that we would understand what does it mean to follow, to follow Jesus. And I pray that as you've been challenged over these last six weeks and as we wrap this series up today, that you have a more intentional uh, courage to follow Christ. And really that's what it is. It's courage. It's drowning out the things of the world and, and honing in into your relationship with God and who he is and what he is wanting to do in your life and through your life as you impact others for Christ, as you connect with other believers in Jesus Christ, and as you grow in your relationship with God. Those are things that are very important to us at Mansfield Bible Church. So it's been an emphasis that we've had over the last six weeks and something that we will continue on in the future. So as we wrap up, there's a few things I want to kind of go back over again. Again, you've seen this. If you're going to be a Jesus follower, there's some things that you believe. These are things that that you hold dear. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna walk with God and if you're gonna be a follower of Jesus, there's some things that you need in your, in your walk, in your life. And we've kind of honed those down to three different words, key words that we use here. The word abide, that's our relationship with God, what, what we receive from Jesus in our walks with him. Belong, this is referring to our relationship with one another in the church, within the body of Christ, within the local body, how we need one another and impact one another as well. And then we impact the 
world around us. And those are our relationships with those that are in the world, those who may not know Christ, those who are struggling in their relationship with God, or hey, maybe seeking for an understanding about life and purpose. And, and you're able to share that because you have these beliefs of how to follow Jesus. And so as you believe in following Jesus and you incorporate these things in your, in your life, there's others that are going to want to know about it. And that's how you impact them with that message of reconciliation because you are the light of the world. Last week, we began to notice that there's some applications of that. When you look at these three, abide, belong, and impact, these are very relational, talking about our relationship with God, our relationship with others in Christ, other Jesus followers, others in the body of Christ, in the church. And then impact as we have relationships with those that, are, that may not know Christ, who are in the world, who may not have heard of the good news of salvation, or may not even try trusting God, but because of your relationship, they begin to, to learn of those things. And so how do we begin to apply that? The application of these, of these things. Last week, we looked at God focus and that, that that upward call that we have in Christ Jesus, that God becomes the focus in our walks with him, the focus in our life. And last week, when we looked at, at that, we saw several different things in relate, relation to that. We saw that as we abide that we have a focus on him, then we begin to incorporate prayer, Bible reading, and Bible study. And that's why this week I did devotions every day, just to encourage, just to take 20 minutes a day to invest in your relationship with God. Just a simple investment. Any relationship requires time spent. It requires an investment. Your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your parents, it requires time. It requires an investment of time. So how do you spend that time in, in your investment and in your relationship with God? And so the way you do that is you wanna hear from God. You wanna know his Bible and read his Bible. You wanna pray with him and share those, those concerns, those, those, those fears, those struggles, those, those victories and the things that you're excited about and the praise because he heard your prayer and he answered, answered in a very special way. As you begin to study his word, you begin to, to know him better. So some of the things that you begin to look at, we're gonna look at today is community focus and people focus. We're gonna talk about that commitment that we must have in our relationships with one another and our commitment in our relationships with, with those around us in the world. Another way to look at that is if you center your life, that you say, hey, look, my, my life is all about following Jesus. If you're gonna say that, and you're gonna say, hey, look, I'm gonna, that's, that's everything in my life. My life, isn't, my life isn't just my accomplishments. It's not just my job. It's not just what I accumulate. It's not the, not the affluence that I may gain in this world. But the most important thing in my life is that I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus. I'm gonna be a Jesus follower. If you look at that and you make that the center, well, the things that must follow is that you would abide, that you would spend that time and that focus and that relationship with God. You would belong and realize that you're part of the body of Christ and you would focus in on that community. You would also understand that God's giving you a message, a message of reconciliation, that you're a light in this world and you would make a focus in how you would be missional in the way that you share that message with others in Christ Jesus. And it becomes very important in our lives to make that determining factor. The decision that you have to make and the decision I've been challenging you about for a good six weeks now is this decision to follow Jesus. Are you gonna follow Jesus? Well, are you? You know, all these other things are nice if we talk about them, but the bottom line, dear people of God, church, the thing that you have to understand is that you have to make that decision to be a Jesus follower. 
And if you are, then you need to spend time with God. You need to abide in him and make him a focus of your time that you would invest in him. It becomes very important. So one of the things we're going to look at today in regards to our focus is this idea of belonging. That as a Jesus follower, we belong. We have a community focus. And we're going to look at some of these things of, of gather and to, to gather and to serve and, and so forth. This morning in our passage, and I find it really ironic this week that um, you probably have heard Greg has made reference to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24, 25. And it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. What I find so amazing about this passage is over the last three weeks, I've probably heard it at least 10 times. I know Greg has shared it two or three times and, and I've heard it from other different incidents, uh, situations. And I find it amazing. It's probably about three months ago that we probably started putting this together and even our staff got involved. We were looking at a lot of different things and this was the passage. God already knew where you would be today. He already knew that. He already gave us a word three or four months ago that we needed to hear today that is important to us, that, that Greg has shared both in devotions and even before the message last week and this week, and even now as we focus in on that in Hebrews chapter 10. In fact, today, if you just take your Bibles and you look at two passages we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and we're going to be over in Matthew 28, and we'll go over there here in a little bit. One of the interesting things of Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 24 and 25 is the context. It's really important to understand that. You see, in the book of Hebrews, many of the Jewish people were, were heading back to, uh, to Judaism. They were leaving Christianity. They were leaving the gospel. They, were, they, were, they weren't sure about all this stuff that they were going through. They were being persecuted for their faith. They were being persecuted for following Jesus. And some of them had kind of wandered away, and they were beginning to, to go back to Judaism. In fact, the author of Hebrews, as he, as he writes this letter, he builds up a tremendous case about the superiority of Christ and who he is and this new covenant as compared to the old covenant. In fact, in, in verse 18 of, the, of chapter 10, he even says, hey, where there's forgiveness of sins, there is no more sacrifice. Why are you going back? Why are you going back to the sacrifice? There's no more sacrifice because now there's forgiveness and he tells us in verses 19 through 21, he talks about there's a new and living way, that Jesus is our new and living way. We used to go to the tabernacle and we used to depend on a priest to go into the Holy of Holies, to go through the curtain, and he would represent us there. But now we have a great high priest, Jesus, where there's the forgiveness of sins and there's a new and living way in Christ Jesus. And that, because of that relationship, there's things that we can do as a result. But one of them isn't to go back. And dear brother and sister in Christ today, I don't know where you are. You may be struggling. But I'm telling you, don't go back. Don't go back to the life you once knew. Remember who Jesus is. It's not about who the church is. It's not about who I am. I will let you down. I will fail. I will do things that will upset you. I promise you that. I am human, but I'm telling you, the person that you have to depend on, the person you trust in is Jesus Christ. 
He's the new and living way. He's provided a way into the holiest of holies, a way into the very presence of God. And we don't gather anymore expecting a man to represent us, a priest to represent us. We have only one who represents us, and it's Jesus Christ, our new and living way. And as a result of that, the author of Hebrews tells us there's some things we need to do. And the first thing he tells us there in verse 22 is he says, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And what he's talking about there is that as we draw near, we draw with a sincere heart. You see, in the past, they couldn't draw near. That's why they were, going, they were going back to that system. They thought that system would protect them. But it wouldn't because there's now forgiveness of sins through Jesus of Christ, because of Jesus Christ. And I don't have to go through a temple. I don't have to go through somebody else. I can draw near to my God with a sincere heart, but with a full assurance of faith. A faith that God would, would accept me in the work of his son, Jesus Christ. Faith in what God has done. There is nothing today that I can do in, of my, in and of myself to make myself look any better in the sight of God than what Jesus has already done for me. So let me draw near. Draw near. And dear brother and sister in Christ, isn't that what we mean when we say abide? Is draw near to him? To stay in that union with Jesus? To stay connected with him? In that relationship, through prayer, through reading his word, studying his word, spending time with him, getting to know him, let us draw near. In verse, and then in verse 23, he tells us to hold fast, to hold fast to that confession of hope, that confession of our faith, of what we hold to. It's a confident expectation. You see, they were, they were wandering back and, and the author of Hebrews is saying, no, hold fast. And it's a, it's a picture of grasping hold of something and not even letting it go. I've always used this illustration to describe this when I was trying to learn how to play tennis. I quit playing tennis because every time I hit the ball, the, the, the racket would just move in my hand. And I had people trying to teach me a particular way to hold it and to hang on. And every single time, it just seems like it would move because I just couldn't hold fast. Well, you know what? Dear brother and sister in Christ, I'm telling you to hold fast. Don't let that hope that you have in Jesus, don't let that faith that you have in Jesus, don't let it move within your hand. I don't care what's going on in the world. We talked through Psalm 46 and, and Max sung it before the service. And the fact is, it doesn't matter that the world would be falling into the depths of the seas and the mountains would be crumbling. It doesn't matter. Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to that confident expectation that you have in Christ Jesus. You see, the author of Hebrews is telling us because Jesus is a new and living way, because of what Jesus has done, we can draw near to God and we can hold fast to our faith. But then it's interesting, I find in verse 24 and 25, that he tells us something that we do with one another. He talks about because of this, what Jesus has done, because of this relationship that we have with Jesus, there's a relationship that we have with one another. And the psalmist tells us, or the author of Hebrews says, let us consider. It's interesting there. The word consider literally means to, to think of. It means to, to have this idea that there's an activity in which I'm trying to think of ways to consider how I would stir up one another. In other words, folks, it takes us out of our laziness, doesn't it? It's not us sitting around waiting for somebody else to do something. It's, on, it's my responsibility because Jesus has delivered me from the 
from the depths of sin. He's delivered me from the bondage of death and the bondage of sin, and he set me free in Christ Jesus. And I have, and I have a new and living way in which I live because it's Christ who lives in me. It's not on me to sit around and wait for others to think of ways. It's on me personally to think of ways in which I can stir up others in Christ. And that word stir up, I really love that word. It has the idea to, <coughs> excuse me, it has the idea to encourage, has the idea, in fact, it's a strong word. It isn't just the idea to, to, to just kinda, kinda you know, go along and stimulate. And, it literally has the idea to stir up, to grab hold of something. In fact, the word could even be translated provoke. They were to be considering ways in which we would provoke one another to love and good works. How amazing is that? that? That the psalmist is saying because of, sorry, not the psalmist, the author of Hebrews. The author of Hebrews is saying that because of what Jesus has done, as we are able to draw near, we all like that part. As we hang on to, to our faith, the confession of our hope, we like that part. Yeah, we're supposed to do those. Now he's telling us, oh, you know what? You need to be considering how you can provoke one another to love and good works. No, he's not saying, oh, hey, those staff people need to figure it out. Oh, the elders need to figure it out. The deacons need to figure it out. Were those godly people over there? No, he's saying you, each and every one of us, that we're to take time to make an intentional investment into the lives of those who are brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are in the body of Christ, that we're to be taking time to think through those things, that we might consider how we might stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together. Again, this is a reference to, to where some of them had begun to go back to Judaism and they were leaving Christianity. And he's saying, hey, don't neglect that. Don't neglect the church. Don't go back to the old ways. No. Rather, figure out ways to stir up, to provoke one another, to love and good works. That we're to be about one another. You know what? You, so many times I think we think the church is just made for us. And we walk into the church and we're like, what is the church doing for me? And I don't read that in the scriptures. You know what it says? It says what you should be doing for the church. It talks about your involvement within the body of Christ. It's, it's, not, it's not about me. The church is never about me. The church is about us. It's about the people of God. It's about God who's brought us together to be a light in this world that through us he would be shining into the darkness of this world, the message of reconciliation, that we would be the lights of the world. It's not about us. And if you're sitting there today and you're, and you're feeling like, man, there's this, I didn't get nothing out of church. I don't get nothing out of the messages. I'm, I'm just, I'm not important. That is our adversary. That is Satan. He is, he is deceiving you and he is blinding you that you might not realize the value in which you have that God has placed you in the body of Christ. Don't go back. Don't, don't yield back. Don't waver back. Don't lean towards and away from the body of Christ. Rather, lean towards it and consider how you can stir up one another. In fact, he goes on and he says, as a habit of some, but 
encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near, to encourage one another, to make an intentional investment in your relationship with others in Christ, with the body of Christ. How are you doing that? In what ways are you encouraging? In fact, that word encouraging means to beg, to urge, to make an appeal to, to summon, to speak encouragement. Are those things that you're doing within the body of Christ? Or do you just expect the body to speak to you? Do you just expect the body to encourage you? You see, you are part of the process. God did not design the church for us as individuals, but together as individuals, we are part of the church that builds up the body. And when one of us breaks away and we walk away and we quit considering, when we quit encouraging, we quit making appeals to, when we quit doing that, it hurts the body of Christ. We need you. Well, how do we, how are some ways in which that we can do that? One of the things that we talked about here was making an investment, intentional investment in my relationship with God as we belong and understand we belong to the body, as we understand that we are to stir up one another to love and good works, as we, as we encourage one another, make appeals to one another, and summon one another. Well, then we need to be involved in gathering, serving, and in groups. And what do I mean by that? When we talk about gathering, this is what we're doing today. Some of you are being encouraged by the comments that are being made. Maybe a verse that somebody put or somebody's in, uh, a statement that they made and that encourages you. That's what happens when we gather. We, just, we do that once a week for about an hour. That doesn't take a lot of investment, but it's an important investment. We also serve one another. Dear people of God, if you haven't learned the value of serving others in Christ, uh, you're missing out. It's when I serve others that I step out in faith. It's when I, when I reach out to somebody that I realize the power of God and what God is doing in my life. There's so many opportunities to serve, things that Greg has been mentioning about texting or calling or emailing others in the body, uh, praying for others in the body of Christ and then letting them know you're praying for them. Just simple, really simple things. We can, we can serve one another that way. We can also serve one another in, 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 in ways in which we're gathering together. If when we're gathered together, we need people in the children's and youth. And there's lots of ways to serve. And, and why do we limit it to just certain things? What is God putting on your heart to do in the body of Christ? What is the, what is the thing that God has moved you to do? And if he isn't, ask him. Just ask him. Ask him, what do you want to do with me? What do you want me to do in the body of Christ? Just ask him. I believe in a God that will answer that prayer. Do you believe that? Pray it. Trust him. And then also groups, small groups, little accountability groups. That's important because it holds our feet to the fire. It's those, those men that have been in my life and have been closest to me that hold my feet to the fire, who call me out when I need to be called out, who encourage me when I need to be encouraged, who strengthen me when I am weak and who, who, who help me along and sure me up. You, you need to be a part of small groups in the ways. That's, how, that's, that's just the application of being part of the body of Christ. And I know, dear people of God, things are going quick today and I'm gonna wrap this up pretty quick. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. Go ahead and turn over there. Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Just so you, you know and you understand, this is the impact aspect. As we're being a follower of Jesus and we make an impact, we must have a, a people focus. So in Matthew 28, <clears throat> Matthew 28, Paul, Jesus is, 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 is talking to his disciples. He's about to be taken up. And so he's communicating with them some things. And in fact, one of the things I should have done is add verse 18 here, because in verse 18, it's really, it's really a neat verse. So let me read it for you. <clears throat> when he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go therefore. I love that phrase, that all authority, that God, that Jesus has all authority. And when he begins to tell us how we're to make an impact in the world, he wants us to understand something, one simple thing. He's the one in charge. Think about that. You don't ever go alone. You don't ever go without authority because Jesus has all authority. And all authority that has been given to him, he has told us to do something. And what he's told us to do is to make disciples. He says, go therefore and make disciples. What is a disciple? It's a follower of Jesus. It's what we've been talking about for six weeks, about being a Jesus follower. You don't have to know everything to invest in others to, make, to help them grow in Christ. You don't have to know everything. You simply just share what you know. You begin to make disciples, making a disciple as, as we go about. In fact, there's three participles here that's given in how we make disciples. The first one is go therefore. The word go is literally as you go. It was interesting as I was thinking through that, dear people of God, dear church. One of the things I realized is, you know what? If you don't go, you can't do anything. Think about that. That struck me. I mean, you know, I'm one of those folks, I, I can remember back in, before I went to, off to Bible college, one of my good, good friends, we thought we would wanna go work on this cattle ranch and we had gone down there and, and uh, he had this big canyon out in eastern Colorado, so in the winter he put his cows down in the canyon and in the summers he'd bring them up, in the, up on, the, on the plains, uh, but if the canyon would protect them through the winter. And he did all this by horses. Most people were going to, to motorcycles or ATVs and so forth, but he still had to do it with horses with the canyon. And so we went out there and we were learning how to ride a horse that, that would, you know, that would corral cows. And it was really interesting. We were there for a couple of days. He showed us the place where we would stay. And I'll never forget, he said, now look, the only time you ever see any people is on Sunday when you go to church and you boys go to church, don't you? And we said, yes, sir, we do. And he said, yep, that's the only time you see people. And we were like, I remember driving back and was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so great. We're not gonna get to see anybody else. We don't have to put up with other people. We don't have to put up with other garbage. We'll just be out there. That'll be so wonderful and so great. But God was moving on my heart and I went off to Bible college. And my friend, he took the job and he was writing letters and he was telling me about the first time he rode out over the plains and it was all snow and just how nothing had, had disturbed the, the scenery. And I, oh, I was like, oh, how, how I wish I could have seen that. And, and he just kept writing all these things. Well, something began to change in his letters to me. About, about Christmas time, he began to write to me and he began to say, you know, Greg, I realize God did not call us into this world to do nothing. And he says, I'm sitting here, I don't see people and this is very self-centered on my part. He said, God has called us to go out with the message, to make followers of Christ. I never forgot that letter, it had a profound impact on me because how true is that? If I never go, how can I do anything? If you're just gonna sit in your home or if you're just gonna not invest in others in your relationships, then how can God use you? You see, some of you have never really experienced 
the power of God in your life because you've never taken the step of faith to trust God to do something powerful. You see, when we serve others, when we take the message of reconciliation, we go in the power of Christ and it is him we trust. And how can God use us if we never go? It's as you go, it's in the places where you are, in your jobs, in your, in your community, in your neighbors, in your, in your friends, in your family. And who knows, maybe God would even send you to a mission field. What would God do if you stepped out in faith? Have you gone to a place where you understand, hey, yeah, I want to be a Jesus follower. Yes, that sounds great. Oh, wait, I got I to gotta make other followers of Jesus? Yeah, you do. What would happen if the church really got a view of understanding that concept? That we're, that we're, we're people who develop and make other followers of Jesus, other disciples. That if we just understood as we go, these things take place. That God would use us to trust God to step out with that message of reconciliation. That's what he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's talking about salvation. And what's the scope of it? All nations, everywhere you go, all people, that we would share that message of Christ. How powerful would it be? Have you, have you ever shared the message of Christ and seen somebody accept Christ for the first time? Have you? Have you ever been involved in, the, in praying for somebody in their salvation and then to hear them ex- when they accepted Christ? What joy. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, dear people of God, you get a taste of it, you, you, you just can't stop. You just can't. When you start sharing that message, when you start realizing I'm a follower of Jesus and you know what? I'm to make other followers of Jesus. That's, a, that's, the, that's what an impact is. That's what a people focus is. Is, is helping others to learn about following Jesus. As we go with, as we go about sharing that message of reconciliation, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that others may know of Christ so that we begin to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son. And also the third thing is that we begin teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. That we just simply begin teaching them. When you, and I've heard it, if I've heard it once, I've heard it too many times in my lifetime. Well, I really don't know enough about the Bible. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about how to teach somebody else. You know what? You know what? You know what? All you need is you just need to know a little more than them. Do you know how to pray? If you don't, then learn how to pray and then share with someone how you're learning how to pray. Do you know how to have a devotional? If you don't, learn and then share with somebody about your devotional. Has God done something amazing in your life? If I had time right now, and I don't, if I had time right now, I could spend another hour just of the things that I've seen God do in the last two weeks that have been incredible. How somebody that we love and care for in Louisiana, how a person is bringing them food. They just leave a note on her door, on on Lydia's mom's door, just leaves a note and just says, and just says, just, you know, tell us what you need. We can't be there, and God provided. There's so many different ways that God is doing things right now. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. You don't have to know everything. You just have to step out with what you know and trust God to teach you more. Maybe you need to get a mentor. Maybe you get somebody to invest in your life and your Christian walk that you too can invest in somebody else. But dear people of God, the message of Jesus is too important for us to keep to ourselves. 
It's, it's too, it's the most important message that we can ever give. Why would we keep it to ourselves? Why would we not develop others to be followers of Jesus? Why would we want to go anywhere else? We are his people. We are followers of Jesus. We, we have to abide in him. We have to understand we belong to the body. We have to make an impact. And look what he says in the very last part. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's not going to leave us. He has all authority that he sends you. Why? Because the scope is all nations. All nations, all people. All people. What do you, what do, you do? You begin to teach them all the things that he has commanded you. He teaches him all the things. You, you're just simply supposed to go. As you go, you'll go in the authority of Christ, but you go to all peoples. And what you do is you take them and you share the things that Christ has taught you. Have you learned of salvation? Do you know the message of the gospel? You have something to share. He's saying share all those things that he's commanded. And look what, and then what he says, and behold, I am with you always. Always, you don't go alone. This isn't something that he makes up and sends you out there and hopes that you survive. He goes before you and he goes with you. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are his people. God forbid that we ever get to think that we just hold it within. I am so thankful in so many ways that we're not meeting within these walls today that we're meeting out in our community, that maybe somehow this vision of understanding that we're not a building, that we are the people of God, that we would begin to understand that we cannot just keep our idea of who God is and our walks with him within the confines of a building, but it is something that needs to break the walls down and break the building down, and we need to reach a world with the message of Jesus Christ, for we are the light of the world. We are a people who follow Jesus and abide in Jesus. We are a people who belong to the body of Christ. And we are going to continue to invest in our community, in our relationships with one another. And we are also a people who are going to make an impact on people in this world. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? This verse hit me so hard. And this is talking about the second command. And Jesus said, the second command is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know why? Because you should love your neighbor. That's why we invest in one another. That's why we have an impact in the world. Because we have an impact because he's loved us. He who loved us, he loved us first. And that's it's an amazing, amazing idea. I want to wrap up with, with just the final slide just to try to pull this all together. So again, if you've made the decision to be a follower of Jesus, then you need to abide and if you're going to abide in Jesus, you're going to remain in him and that union that he's given you, you're going to remain in him. You need to have a God focus. You need to make an intentional investment in your relationship with God through re reading your word, the Bible reading, prayer, and Bible study. You need to, as a follower of Jesus, understand that you belong to the body of Christ. That is a fact. If you believe in Jesus and you've received it in your life, you belong to the body of Christ. So therefore, you need to make an intentional investment into the body of Christ, into the people of God, those who are following Jesus. You need to have a community focus about your walk with God. You're able to do that as you gather, as we gather and worship God together. That's what Sunday mornings is, as we worship together, as we serve one another, and then as we are involved in our, in our different groups and accountability with one another. And then also, as a follower of Jesus, we need to understand we make an impact. 
We're, we're to make an impact in this world. So we need to have a focus, a people focus in this, in this world. We need to understand how we are to be used by God. So we need to have an aspect of gospel living, missional living, understanding as we go, where we go, that God will use us. And I also believe another aspect that's important is, is, is give. When we talk about give, people always immediately think of money. Yeah, that's one aspect. But we give of our skills, we give of our talents, our spiritual gift that God has given us that we use it in other people's lives, our resources that God has given us. We're, we're to be using those things that God has given us. He's given us reconciliation. He's given us righteousness in Christ. We're to be giving these things out that he has blessed us with that others might know if following Jesus is the preeminent aspect of my life, that if God is everything, that Jesus is everything, and I'm to be a follower of Jesus, why wouldn't all these things work in our lives? It's a step of faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The life that I live now, I live in, by faith in Christ Jesus. That's how I live. Well, it's been six weeks, dear people of God, so as I kind of wrap up this series, what would I say? Are you a follower of Jesus? Have you made that decision? Then seriously consider the things that we've talked about. Abide, belong, and impact. Consider about how you're gonna make investments in those areas of your life as it relates to God, as it relates to the body of Christ, and as it relates to people around you. May God use you. He promises, he promises all authority has been given to Jesus. And he will be with you always. He promises to be there. We just have to step out in faith. Are you ready to see what God can do through you by faith? Is our community ready to see what God can do through his people who walk by faith and follow after Jesus? Let's pray. Father God, <clears throat> Father, I just, I just pray that your spirit moves wherever, where everybody is at who's hearing these words. And, and Father, that, that we would have an understanding of your word today. Father, I pray your spirit would move in such a way that, Father, it would break down some of those in here, in, in, uh, some of those in your, that follow after you, their fears. Father, maybe encourage some to step out in faith. Maybe you've been putting some things on the heart of some of your people and they've been having doubts. May they be encouraged to step forth that as a follower of Jesus, not only do we enjoy all the blessings of that relationship, but that God, we're to be investing in those relationships that we have within the church and outside of the church. God, will you move in your people? Let us not be comfortable, Father. Let us not just grow in 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 coming together and thinking about you and then going home and saying that was good and never thinking about you again. That is not a, that is not a, a Christianity or a faith or a walk that I want with you, Father. And I know that's not your intention for me either. May Father, your people understand that. May Father, your people be stirred up. May they be provoked. May they be moved to think about others in Christ. May Father, they be provoked and moved to understand that they're to be developing other followers of Jesus. Gosh, Father. Father, I pray, I pray that your people get a taste of what it's like to invest in relationships with others and to see you work. No greater joy that I, I know than that. Father, 
to you be the glory, to you be the praise, to you be the honor forever and ever. For you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And Father, you are the most high. And we are your people. In Jesus' name, amen.